0: Welcome to Branding Your Real Estate. This is your host, Corinne King, and thank you so much for tuning in, joining today's podcast. Branding Your Real Estate was created by a real estate agent for real estate agents to give you an inspiration, motivation, and ideas to help you improve your business, your brand, and most importantly, you as a real estate professional. So today's topic is all about listing. And more so not how to get a listing or how to win over the listing, but once you have the listing, once you've signed it, now what? I am in a mastermind group and someone said, hey, I've been a buyer's agent and I finally got my first listing. Great. And then she was like, well, what do I do? What do you guys suggest who have been heavy listers? How do I service my client to the best of my ability And I have some tips on that. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it and your location might dictate that. I have been, you guys have heard me talk about this. I, you know, I jumped on a team almost a decade ago now that primarily focused on, like they were one of the heaviest and still are, we still are one of the heaviest listers in our region. And so I got to jump in and mainly just focus on that. And the team lead and the mentors I've had along the way have really shown me how you take care of your client, how you really nurture those listers. Now for my area, it's a little different because we're a secondary market um, that people have to fly to, to come look at real estate generally for the market that we, or the segment of the market that we serve and our ideal client, our properties sit on the market a little bit longer. So nurturing them over a longer period of time is our workflow, which might be a little different for you. So I'm going to get into, you sign the listing agreement, now what? Now what do you do? What's next to really stand out, make your clients happy and build your brand as well? so first things first you've signed everything which means that they've already agreed to work with you which means you've already decided on a price so a big part of this is strategically pricing and you know i'm trying to do this podcast as if you've already priced the property you guys came to an agreement but strategically pricing is like 50 percent of selling a house. So I feel like maybe I'll do another episode on that one. So now we're talking about what happens after that. You got it done, right? First and foremost, I don't care what property it is. Do not do shitty photos, like professional photos for homes that aren't, you know, super high end. And if you don't want to spend the money, I mean, I'm still all about using a professional photographer, or you can do a little mix. If you have the newest iPhone and an eye for photography, you really want to have an, we can get into another, you know what, another podcast for that too. We'll be coming up with how to use your phone to take beautiful photos, whether lifestyle for marketing, branding, or for listings. So someone might be listening to this but like I'm going to stop listening to this cuz she said I can use my iPhone. I think for some things for some listings, definitely bring in a professional photographer, but if it's like a fixer upper home, you still want great photos that show off the property. So say it is a fixer upper. Try and get the lighting coming in. Don't wait for, you know, wait for it to be blue skies and great photos. Great Marketing material, photos, videos, walkthroughs is a must. And also getting some lifestyle pictures of the area to help one understand that. I mean, again, it depends on the property, but first and foremost, great photos, great videos. A quick recap on videos on the three must haves I think you need to have. You need to have a marketing video, this just highlights the features and should be a minute or less, a walkthrough video, uh, literally just walking through the entire property, uh, maybe professional, maybe from your phone on that one. And then one with you in it. So this you can use for branding and marketing. So you're doing two things. You're marketing their property, getting more eyes on it, and you're growing your brand. So here's, I mean, you could do it any way you want. I'm not telling you this is how it has to be done. Whenever you listen to anything, you do not have to do it a hundred percent like that. I made that mistake a lot. I, Try to do it like someone else. But if you need a step by step and you're going to do a video and a walkthrough of yourself, there's someone who does this where we are, and I love it. It feels very organic and it adds a little humanity to the video. Um, they first do like a 10 second face to camera shot. Hey, I'm so and so. With the brokerage, you might not even have to announce yourself because it's going on your channel and your Facebook pages. Uh, But just say, This property, here are some of the features. Let's go on a tour. And literally, you could just see his hand out in front pointing things out. I really like it. I actually go and watch his videos to understand the properties better. So try and get three of those videos in one with you, a highlight marketing video. The highlight marketing video is the highlights, right? And then also just a full walkthrough so a buyer can help understand the property. You want to make sure you have drones in there. Drones are like a must-have now. Drones show the location and just a different vantage point and just makes it look way more professional. So you got to have all those. And then you have to have a great write-up, like really understand the property. I like to... Uh, merge together, lifestyle, and then the facts and features of the property. I've gone too heavy in both directions to where one time I just went way too, I like to call it fluffy with the details, to where it didn't really say anything about the property. Uh, But also you want to talk about the lifestyle what it would be like to live there. What's nearby? What can you walk to? I just did this for one of our listings and it's a wonderful property. in a prime location, but it's outdated. The kitchen's outdated, the layout's not what everyone wants, it doesn't have the big open layout, the bathrooms are really old tile, but it's impeccably maintained and it's a lifestyle property. So I really talked a lot about the lifestyle in there, along with the facts, but the lifestyle was just such a heavy part of this. Understanding your property and what the features are and what Buyers are going to value in this property, that'll be important to understand so you can work that into your copy. I try and do my best work here because this is going to syndicate to all the websites. And a lot of agents will make this mistake because I have found other agents, senior agents, who have been like, listen, just get it up as quick as possible and you can change the photos later. Like I had a major argument with another agent about this. She just didn't understand how we couldn't get. Um, listings up within a couple days. And I was like, we have to, you know, there's weather, there's photos, there's video. She's so like, we could put that up later. Here's the thing. And you can use this in your marketing pitch as well, is the best impressions are at the beginning. So you need to have a really strong first impression, which means all your professional photos, have your videos up. Sometimes I'll do the videos later. Um But we will not sacrifice great photos to get it up quicker, but you do have to walk that fine line because our market is shifting sometimes by the week depending on the supply that comes on the market. So you have to walk that fine line, but do not sacrifice quality. Do not sacrifice quality. That's, I think, the first and best thing that you can do. And then also, here's another way you can service the client, a coming soon. So we do a coming soon marketing campaign. And we only have about 24 hours to do that. You can't, for us, and see each MLS is going to be different. So you need to check with your MLS rules to see what you can do. You might not be able to do it at all. So we do a quick coming soon on our social media and... Uh, and email marketing blast to all of our buyers. Like this is coming soon here. The details, you get a sneak peek of it. It kind of builds that excitement. Uh, but we have to submit our paperwork in 24 hours of any marketing whatsoever. So make sure you understand your rules on that. And then we communicate. And here's what I'm getting to. We communicate the heck to the sellers. So we're going to talk about communication in a second and all the different ways that you can do it. But I want you to over-communicate even when you think, you aren't, that you're communicating too much, over communicate. I promise you they're going to love that. They don't want to be in the dark of like what's going on. So we'll get into some ways that you can do that as well. So communication. Yes. I know I harped on that a little bit more communication here. are Really great ways that you can communicate with your seller throughout the process before it goes under contract. And we'll get to that part in a second. So communicating to your seller. One each time you show it, you get that buyer feedback within like twelve hours, or try to. Um, sometimes you can get a little bit more uh, right afterwards. Maybe you had to attend the showing and you overheard them talking. I like to just over communicate that feedback. Hey, they just finished the showing. I this is what I heard them say. We'll follow up with the agent, and even if the agent isn't getting back to you, still follow up with your seller and say, listen, we followed up with the agent. We requested feedback. We're waiting to hear from them. Make sure you continue to follow up with them. If you never hear from them, just tell the lister that you've been trying to reach them. Um, But whatever you do, don't not reach out. Um, So always feedback. Always, always, always. I always record my feedback as well because they aren't keeping that organized. And sometimes whether it's a renewal or if they want to follow up or they want to recap, I can quickly pull that and be like, here's the recap, here's the feedback, here's how many showings we've had, all of that. Secondly, marketing. So marketing, you can hit them like three times with one piece of marketing. Hey, we are getting ready to do this. Then when it goes live, that marketing that goes live, and I'll give you an example of what this process might look like, then you send it to them and say, hey, look, we're marketing your property right now. When it's done, say it's a week-long campaign, you say, this is how much traction we got, how many clicks, how many views, how many people responded, yada, yada, yada. So there's three touch points with marketing that you can do. Now, not all marketing is easy to track like that, um, but generally, I think that's a good uh, rule of thumb. So for example, we're going to do a targeted Facebook ad next week that will run Monday, through Sunday. Here's what it looks like. Awesome. You get it up. Hey, your ad is running. Here it is. Great. The week is done. Pull those stats. And what I love about social media is that the stats are very clear and they actually make it look really good. Like this many clicks, this many impressions. Uh, This is how many people actually reached out. This is how many shares there were. So there's a lot of stats that you can pull from there and just share it with them. They might just say, hey, thanks. But really they are They are feeling the love, like they feel like you are communicating. And this is really going to make you stand out, especially if they've worked with other agents. Other agents don't communicate this much. So those are two areas of communication and main communication. And another one is consistent market updates. So we do this in several different ways. We'll start with more of like the drip. So the automation, we have set up our listers on several different automations Some are a little bit more customized, some are a little bit more broad. So we'll start with the customization. We use our MLS to automate our communication. Your automation should be the cherry on top. So you shouldn't replace your personal communication, especially with your clients, with automation. You should already have those personal touch points in place and then the automation is the cherry on top. So we use MLS, going back to that, we use MLS and there's two things. Our listings allow us to set up our listers on like automated automation reports. So every week I set up for them to get a report on how many views their listing got and what other properties these buyers are looking at. It's the automatic report that our MLS puts together and I can set up my lister to receive those. So bam, I don't have to do anything. Second, my other automation through MLS is I do a search uh, for pending, closed, and active. And I break down the criteria for properties that are similar to theirs. And I set that up so they get either a weekly or a monthly report on what's going on. I think I just do that one monthly. I also don't want to over Well, I said over-communicate before. Yeah, you want to over-communicate. Not so much on the automation. Um, But it's more impressive at the end of the month. Like, here's your monthly report. Here's what happened in your area. Or here's what happened with properties that are similar to yours. Bam. Um, And then also, we have them on our newsletter. And then also something we have them on is another customized, like if it's just for land, if it's a land seller, We have them set up to receive this beautiful big monthly report that's different than the MLS uh, that gives them like a whole land breakdown of what has happened in that past month. So they get more of a general overview of the market specific to their segment of the market, if that makes any sense. So we have those automations on there. Um, And then of course, we like to reach out personally as well, Um, which I don't know if I announced this in one of my other podcasts. We had a lister reach out, very angry, saying he never heard from us. He didn't. We have a lot of land listings, and I was like, all right, I got to get better at communicating with my listers. So this kind of uh, lit a fire under me. So just reaching out personally, maybe with a market update, with your own interpretation. So those market updates that go out from like MLS and the system that we have just gives the numbers, this many sold, this many days on market. You need to define that for them. They're so, if these graphs and systems could do all the work for real estate professionals, then they wouldn't need us. What we do is we break it down and we explain it, or we go through the comps and say, listen, these are the ones that sold that are somewhat similar, um, and here are the differences, here's why it's sold at this price, and really give them a breakdown of the market a little bit more specific to their property. You could do this every quarter or once a month. Uh, once a month is a lot but you can definitely do that so these are just all the different ways that you can communicate and then also communicating with your lister is big events um you know did you get their birthday or their anniversary or when they moved to Ireland? i don't know you can reach out for all of those non-businessy touch points you're driving through the area hey was thinking of you i'm in your neighborhood it looks great They just paved the road. Here's a photo that's going to add a lot of value to your property. So, well, that was real estate related. But still, you can make it a little bit more personal and non-businessy and more in the moment, but really just touch, touch points, lots and lots of touch points with your listeners so they know that you care. And if you know something personal about them... um, Like they love good wine and there's a wine event. Hey, I just saw this pop up. I thought of you. I might be going, um, but you should definitely go. So touch points outside of real estate is really important too. So communicate, communicate, communicate. So now you have offers on the property. Now what? There is more to this, more to the now what with listers once you get that listing. This is one of the biggest parts is supporting them and this Part of your whole professional relationship is this is the moment right here. How you negotiate the offer that comes in, um, and then once it goes under contract, what does that look like? Again, we're going to point back to communication. Say you get that offer in from another agent, I'd reach out to the agent, learn a little bit more about the buyer if they'll share anything, make sure that whatever offer they brought in that uh, maybe it's below market or you're helping them decide on a response, you send them comps. Here's what's closed in your area just so you can make a decision. And also I try and make it really easy for them to read. Hey, here's the offer attached and here are the main points that you need to be aware of. Also, you have a response date by this date. Don't expect them to remember that. You wanna make sure to follow up hey, seeing if you're ready to respond, you have until end of day to get us that response. So again, communicate, communicate, communicate. You are more than a salesperson. This is where you are the consultant. You are the professional. So you want to stay on top of those deadlines. Um, And of course, make it very clear and easy for them. You don't want to overwhelm them. I used to have, and I probably still do, um, have issues with communication. I tend to over-communicate in the sense of not over-communicating as in, like I was mentioning before, but too many words. And it's my job to keep them calm and give them clarity and help them make a decision. I'm not making the decision for them, but I'm giving them the tools that they need to make that decision. And also during this time, you can remind them what are their closing costs. So when you present that offer, like I said, with comps, with information on the buyer, a breakdown, like the details, the main points that they need to be aware of. And then what is the process gonna look like from here on out? What are the closing costs going to look like? And you can even put together, which this is something I'm working on, is like a seller guide, Um, which if you might've given this to them earlier in the process or before you signed a listing agreement or maybe right afterwards, this could be the second part of uh, of your selling guide is, now what, right? Here is what to expect. And here is a guide to help you get to closing. And this could include preparing your home for an inspection, preparing your home for an appraisal. Uh, here's the timeline. You know, here Again, here is what to expect. Here is our little black book with all of the contacts that you're going to need whether they're getting some work done or whatever that is. So be as helpful as possible. So now you come to terms, you share everything, send them a recap, send them the listing again, be excited about it, congratulations, you're under contract, here's a recap of everything, here are very important dates, here are your next steps. And then again, communicate. So that's where you are at this point and then now you get to the closing table, you've closed. This is something I'm not good at. So I'm putting it out here to hold myself responsible. Don't lose contact with them. This is going to be your best referral. So make sure that you update them in your CRM system, in your database. Make sure they're receiving those monthly or bi-monthly or weekly newsletters. Make sure you know a little bit about them. You should at this point, you know, like I said, do they like wine? What kind of events they go to? Where are they moving to? Uh, What are their birthdays and anniversaries? Add that to your database and to your tickler to make sure that you follow up with them or send postcards. Where are they moving to? Get that address so you can follow up with a handwritten note, uh, with your family holiday card, or with a postcard, or more thank you cards. Thank them every year around the time that you sold their property and what an honor it was to be a part of that process with them. And a closing gift, um, make it personal and heartfelt. You can have your standard like basket that you put together. But if you, again, if you learned anything personal about them or if they really love their home and they were sad to let it go, maybe I just saw something on Etsy, I think it actually came from the skim. You can have someone do like a watercolor of their home. How much would they love that? Maybe put your name somewhere at the bottom because you don't want them to forget your name, but don't make it all about you. Uh, Make it about them and their home and like with love, love you, you know, your name there. They won't forget that, I promise you. And that's it for today's podcast. I'm sure I could come with more ideas of how you can service and take care of your clients and what you do now since you have a listing. But hopefully this gives you enough information to work with and enough things to think about to make sure that you are really taking care of your listings. You're putting a killer listing out there that will come back and support your brand and help you win more listings. That's a big part of this too. But I will let you go so you can actually... Work on that incredible listing. Uh, thank you again for being here, for being a part of the Branding You Real Estate community, and look forward to popping back in on the podcast. If you have questions or an idea for a podcast, you can reach me on Instagram is the best place, Branding You underscore Real Estate. I went a little silent on posting there because it just took up a lot of time where I have a lot of moving parts happening right now. So I figured I'd just keep popping in on the podcast when I can. All right, happy branding.